One of the things that I want to say this morning is about being able to see and dream, see and dream. Lord, help us. Lord, I pray, pray that this message would become revolutionary, a, a revelation of, a, a rhema revelation of a truth, a prophetic truth that would enlighten us, enable us to see the future days of glory for the church, for myself included, in those days, in that plan, in the purposes of God. So, Lord, I stand in your presence. I stand under your anointing. I stand in the greatest days the planet has ever seen. Lord, I don't want to be dull in spirit. I don't want to be blind. I want to see. I want to perceive. I want to grasp what that you which have me to grasp. Lord, you are God. You are the Lord God Almighty. You sent me to this earth. You sent me to this world. You sent me to this time zone. I am born for such a time as this. I am born for a day such as this. You have designed me, equipped me to persevere, to succeed, to take any challenge, any shaking, including the economy or struggle in life, Lord. You have equipped me by the risen Lord and by the power of His Spirit. I stand victorious. I stand for a future day of glory of the rest of that 1.5 people to be safe. Help me. Is there 3 billion people on the planet? Five now. My God, they're multiplying. Hang on, they're making the job harder. Lord, there's 5 billion. You sure? What's happening? Boy, this is... My goodness, there's, there's, there's six billion, he's saying. He's the Kurong guy. He's got the latest stats. So I don't know. Well, this is, can we, Lord, there's six billion people. Who's with the six? Who believe, yeah, yeah, six. Yeah, I, I'm seeing some good, trustworthy hands. Let's go for six. I'll have to go for six. And you're saying there's one, 1. 1.5 billion saved. Lord, we need some miracles. We need to be fully optimized. Um, I just saw a vision of the of the metal man. What is he, that man? That movie that was on this year, Iron Man. Hey, these are good. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Hey, I could. Well, this stuff before, man. Walk through a city. Walk through a wall. Walk through a town. Walk through... Whoa! Come on! There's an army horizon. There's an army horizon, Lord. Here they are. C3 Tugra, I anoint you, commission you, and declare you as that church that shall push out and press upon and engage the harvest. And the saints say, Amen. God bless you. Fantastic. Isn't it great when God gives you visions on the run and you see stuff that matters to you? God, you are amazing. Dream on. And the name of this message, the, the, well, I've titled it Dream On, but I've realized, and I got this message digging some dirt out the front of the building here. And um, I got this illustration. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off. And I want to... I want to probably just go there a little bit, but mainly I want to lay a foundation of what this uh, subject is about. It's called Dream On, and it's about you seeing, perceiving, 
um, what God wants you to see. See, one of the key things from the day of Pentecost is that when Pentecost came, he gave you the Holy Spirit and he said upon all flesh would come this empowerment, this Holy Spirit, that you would be douched with fire to the point where you would see this, this new day of what God was going to do with the church reconfigured in the power of what Jesus did on the cross, but what he was able to do when he went to the Father and distributed the Holy Spirit. And so he's saying to us, Peter stands up out of this day, out of 120 in the upper room, and they spill out of the upper room, and Peter gets on his soapbox and he declares, this is that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel. This is that. This is the outpouring that we were believing for, that Joel actually saw several hundred years previous. He saw the prophet Joel in the Old Testament saw a day when the church would come alive in the power of the Spirit. And you know this scripture. Can I have that, maybe that scripture in Acts chapter 2, verse 17? And I haven't forgot about our little thing. Don't worry, Brett. I'm seeing you there, good buddy. We're going on to a very familiar scripture. You know it, but this is the scripture the Lord gave me, and I cannot negate this scripture. I've got to say it again. In the last days. And this is a prophecy by, this is a prophecy by the prophet Joel. Now, Peter stands up out of the upper room the day of Pentecost when the church was emboldened and empowered by the Holy Spirit, tongues of clothing fire come over these 120 people and they began to speak in other tongues. But more than that, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all peoples. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. The C word is the key word that I want you to understand in this morning's message. C visions your old men will dream dreams and the other key word is dreams dreams and visions can we go on a bit more maybe even on my servants both men and women i will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy now stay there unless you see the drama the gravity the 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 will the purposes and the god's unfolding plans Unless you can see that, you won't prophesy. Prophecy is declaring what a man or woman of God see in the Spirit. That's why a prophet will say over a particular person, uh, Sally, I see you. Declaring, decreeing and singing unto the Lord in a new song. You shall sing a song of freedom, a song of deliverance. It's true. For me, it's true for you. And you shall sing that same song over someone else. And so prophecy is, it took me a while to get that, but I had to see in the spirit because it's not from the carnal dimensions of life. It's from the spirit. It's from my spirit. And in those days, they will prophesy. But I believe this, and this is what I was getting on the run when I was digging soil out the front there, uh, that this was that, Unless we see, we can't prophesy and we can't dream. Is this your other daughter? It's a friend that came from Alana. God bless you. Same school? Right. So you're, you're here with your friend and you're checking us out and you're saved, I hope. Otherwise you think we're bonkers. 
Um, you go to Oxford Falls. What is God doing for you? He's, he's got you in a precious place. Yeah. All right. Okay, that's great. And so unless you see, and this is what I believe, that a lot of people are blinded. And we need to look at that. Why are they blinded? Why can't I see? And I want to touch upon that, but I need to go to some scriptures to do that. Praise God. Do I have any more than that? And I will show wonders in the heaven above, signs on the earth below, and fire and billows of smoke. Yes, continue. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon's blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So out of the first sermon ever preached, out of the birth of the church, ends with this repentance and salvation. Who has asked for forgiveness of their sins in the house? Who's done that? And you've been saved. Praise God. And, and repentance is different than forgiveness. We need to touch on that. But dreaming is a precious thing. Um, I'm wondering if you could... Just give me that little clip, maybe, as an audio or visual. And, and just stop it right there. Just stop it right there. Just stop it right there. You ever had a dream and someone says, oh, you're dreaming. You reckon we're going to get the rest of this planet saved? You reckon your tea bag's going out to the nations? You reckon you're at West Frank? You reckon your inventions and... Because he's another inventor. I mean, you reckon your stuff's going to be restored, your marriage and... Do you reckon you're called to ministry? Do you reckon you're going to be a man of God? You're dreaming. You ever heard that? That's a lie from the enemy. Let's have a look at that in this connotation. Let's go check this scene out. Steve is an apprentice mechanic. Just turn but he spends most of his time reading the trading post. He just loves yeah. buying and trading. Ergonomic chairs. Four of them. What do you want? 180. He's dreaming. Dad? <laughs> 450. But jousting sticks, tell him he's dreaming. How much is a jousting stick worth, that? Well, couldn't be more than 250. Depends on the condition. Dad, some guy selling an overhead projector. Nah. Now hang on, Steve. What's he asking? 150. Tell him he's dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> What's a pulpit? Where the minister gives his sermon from. How much? 800? Dreaming. <laughs> Fantastic. I love that. Yeah, that's something I got on the run too. I saw that while I was digging dirt. You can get some great stuff digging dirt. John the Baptist's message, but was about repentance. And this is the connotation I want to make. And I need to, uh, uh, I need to establish some truths here before we can... I bought a book the last week, and it was the book that you read, Nigel, and I think it's by, help me, uh, is it Franklin? Jensen Franklin, and it's about dreaming. It's about dreaming. And I just glanced the book, and I said, this is fantastic. I mean, this is a great book. But before we can even go into and uh, really appropriate some of the great stuff in that book, I started to have this deliberation of thought and I started to think, we've preached this stuff before, dreams and visions. We preach it all the time. Why can't people see the greatness of the church? Why can't see people, because that's why you commit to the church. You really honestly can see what church can do for a life. 
what church can do for a community. Um, why don't we commit to the church is because maybe we don't see or we don't see the vision of what God wants to show us in terms of what that church can do and be. Why don't we commit to the harvest? Can we really see souls lost to a lost eternity? Can we really see our own life significant and fulfilling great things in God? Can we see is the question I want to present to you this morning. Can you honestly see in the spirit? I'm not talking about carnally. I'm not talking about perceiving stuff by your five senses. I'm talking about perceiving stuff by your spirit, man. By your spirit. And so I started to have this thought and I realized, and then I got this illustration that I will try and pull off a little later on. But I needed to maybe present some of these scriptures. And I hope you got a pen and pad and Bible because we're going to race through some of those right now. Mark 1.14. Mark 1.14. And we'll just put these scriptures up. So Christ's first message was about repentance. The apostles preached repentance. The first message on the day of Pentecost was repentance, as you just saw. Repentance is the first principle of the doctrine of Christ, Hebrews chapter 6. And it is the first word of the gospel, then faith, repentance. Now, some people have a perceived mindset of what repentance is. But can I tell you this, that repentance is different than forgiveness. Forgiveness, you go to God and God just forgives you and it's done. And anything that you ever do after this, every time you go to God, he forgives you. Billy Graham's crusades were all about forgiveness, that God is God. And that if you wanted to get on the right side of him, you would do well to acknowledge Jesus and be washed of your sins and come under salvation through forgiveness. But repentance is different. And we need to have a distinction between forgiveness and repentance. Say forgiveness and say repentance. Fantastic. Acts, no, Mark 1.14, what did it say? After John was put in the prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming, proclaiming the good news of God. Mm, go to the next one. Good news. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks, this is right, and they that they must turn to God in repentance. Okay, so this is another variation of the one we just read. Here it is again. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in the Lord Jesus. So one of the basic fundamental issues that people of God, we've got to get a handle of, of is this word called repentance, but then faith. We live by faith, but repentance allows us to see the way. So let's have a look at this. Um, you've known, and some of you might have even been saved through Billy Graham. Steve, you were saved. You, you, your folks were saved by Billy Graham, and Billy Graham was a great man of God, one of the greatest evangelists of the 20th century. He would stand up in large crusades, large stadiums, and he would say this, God is God, Jesus, turn or burn, however you want to say it, it's, it's, it's heaven or hell. Basically, Billy Graham was a master, a master of the distinguishing between what is good, what is bad, what is God, what is the devil, what is heaven, what is hell. And he would bring you down this line 
to a place where eventually, Steve, your parents were saved. What, late 50s or 60s or late 69, 68? I think it was 68, wasn't it? 68. Yeah, sure. It's powerful. And you'll see in our meetings this morning and tonight that when we do the salvation prayer that we offer people say, hey, Jesus, his free gift of forgiveness, Sally, can allow you to be washed, cleansed, white as snow, and for you to come up roses in God, in his presence, knowing him, knowing his love. And that's what we do through the sinner's prayer. But it doesn't stop there at forgiveness. It doesn't stop there. There's more. There's repentance. And we've got to have a look at this stuff. Fantastic. Let's have a look at the scripture, Luke 24. I'm getting there. Luke 24, 46. I've got to lay this stuff down. I'd like to get to all the goodies, but I can't. I've got to lay a foundation because I'm going to preach next week on this. It's a series now. I've got to, before I can get to the dreams and visions, it's, you know, one thing throwing that stuff out, but if you haven't got the faculties to see, if you never go to sleep, you'll never dream. If you never, you know, you can't see, you can't see. So something needs to be done. He told them, this is what is written. Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Do I have any more than that? And repentance, here it is. Okay, he's going to rise. He's done that. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached. There it is. In your Bible, you can highlight the word repentance and forgiveness. There's a, dis there's a delineation between these two messages. There's a message of repentance and there's a message of forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. This, I tell you what, if you can grab this, and I'm serious, get your Bible and highlight the word repentance and highlight the word forgiveness. This will be revolutionary. This will be a, a, a real breakthrough for you. He makes this distinction. Jesus is preaching this stuff. Meaning this, that if you repent, if you repent, you will see the Savior, the Messiah, the Son of God, Son of Man, coming, coming in all His glory. Sometimes seeing is believing. It is a bit like that. I'll believe it when I see it. John the Baptist is actually saying, if you repent, if you repent, you can have your eyes opened to the fact of what the real reality is. Some people can't see what God's even doing right now. Some people couldn't see what God was doing on the altar this morning when he was healing people. I'm not seeing it. A lot of loud music. A lot of people getting excited. Pastor Phil seems to believe it. The rest are really putting their heart into it. Oh, well, I'm just going along with it. Yeah. But if you could see what God's doing in the dynamic of his presence, the dynamic of his kingdom, reorganizing, reconfiguring lives for good, taking out the bad, bit of soul surgery, bit of healing to their bodies, restoration. Uh, he's doing that even as we speak. You can get that stuff even as you sit there in your precious seat. You can receive divine exchange. You can have your sorrows traded in and you can receive a beautiful life even as you sit. But if you can't see it, you won't subscribe to it. 
Sometimes seeing is believing. And John the Baptist was saying, repent. And repent is different than forgiveness. What are you saying? What are you saying, Pastor Phil? Can you give me another scripture? Ephesians 3.18, is it? That they may have power together with all the saints to grasp, to grasp. Grasp, let's say grasp is see. See how wide, how long, how deep is the love of Christ. You've got to be able to see the love of God. You've got to be able to see this stuff. You've got to be able to grasp it. If you can't see it, if you can't see it coming at you, if you can't feel it around you, you can't grasp it. It's a, it's a sad day. So I was contemplating this message, and I, I thought to myself, what are you saying, Lord? What are you saying to us? And I thought this, unless we can see God, if we, unless we can see His kingdom, unless we can see the vision for the church, for this world, unless you can see your life included in this master plan that God has for you, you're blinded. You can't, you're not energized. You, you're not committed. You're bl- the Bible says we're actually blind. Uh, have you got a, a scripture, Psalm 119, folks, guys? And this is a prayer of David. This is powerful. Yeah, I'm just laying some foundational stuff. Get these scriptures, write them down. Psalm 119, verse 18. Is that it? Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Uh, hang on. Open your eyes that I, might, that I might see wonderful things in your law. The law is word. Is word. Help me see visions. Help me see dreams. Help me see your word. Psalm 119 verse 19. I am a stranger on earth. People are honestly like this guy. God, I just feel like an alien. I'm supposed to be equipped by this day of Pentecost. I'm supposed to be on fire. I'm supposed to have gifts. I'm I'm supposed to have gifts of the Spirit. I'm supposed to be uh, a child of royalty. I'm supposed to be able to move mountains. I'm supposed to be able to lay hands on the sick. Who is this person? I am a stranger on this earth. Get me to heaven. I might be able to do something on this earth, on this fallen earth. I am a stranger. I can't do anything. I feel like I'm bound by all these, all these uh, self-abasing thoughts, uh, all these just constricted thoughts, these thoughts that allow me to go nowhere. And so I'm thinking about this. I'm still thinking. And I read this. Too many Christians have the orientation that we are earthly creatures with a heavenly mission. However, the truth is, that we are heavenly creatures with an earthly mission. That was one great man of God. So now I'm into the books. I'm pulling out things here, trying to make sense of this revelation. Another man of God says, fantastic revelation this guy gets. He says this, every army, this is about blindness, this is about seeing or being blinded. And he says, every army, so imagine the church as an army, every army commander knows that an army must be motivated to fight. They must see something significant enough to be achieved to risk losing their lives. And that is right there is where I had huge dramas of even going into ministry. Could I really see the future days of glory for the church? Because I was not going to allow my whole family 
risk my life, my superannuation and all my financial stuff and all the stuff that I had worked towards, I wasn't going to risk all that and put it on the front line and try and push something into existence if I couldn't see it. But guess what? In the 90s, thank you, Roddy Howe Brown, for all those extended worship moments of prayer and praise and the hands laid on us, I started to see the worth of the church. This was no longer a social club that I used to attend in the 80s, in the early 90s. 93, God's apprehending me and he's douching me with fire. I feel like I've come out of the upper room, out of every revival meeting now, and I feel like I'm able to speak, but I feel like I'm able to prophesy. And I feel like I can see now the drama of his kingdom coming and his will being done on this earth through the church. And that's why people get radical for God. Why are you so radical? Because I can see the gravity of this showdown of the catalysmic, catalytic. I can see the showdown and I want to be involved and I want to bring it on, sharp rocks on the bottom. I want to bring God on to this planet. I want to bring him down. Who's a bit like me? Who's a bit like us? Come on, come on. But if you can't see it, this guy says, every army commander knows that an army must be motivated to fight. They must see something significant enough to be achieved to risk losing their lives. If the enemy can continue to prevent God's people from seeing the kingdom of God now, Andrew, now, he will be successful in preventing them from standing up and fighting. If he can keep Christians focusing all their hopes in heaven, when I get there someday, he will keep them from fighting now. God gives the victory, but we must fight the war now. Do you know what I'm saying? So let's get back to this word repent, because you need to understand something. It's not enough just to be forgiven. Repent, now grab this down. Repent is a hard word to swallow, they say. The P sound in pent sort of cuts you to the juggler of your pride. Repent. John the Baptist in his camel hair, double-breasted suit, used to come out and they were wondering, what sort of great message would John preach today? And he would come out from his prayer closet like we do here and he would stand up and, boy, it's going to be great today. And he would come out and say, Repent! You brood of vipers. Oh, God, this is great. Gee whiz, this is not the, the preach I was hoping for today. I don't know what, what his offering was like that day. I'm not sure. Certainly wasn't a seeker-sensitive, no, Jules. It wasn't a seeker-sensitive uh, message at all. And so we need to understand what repent means. Repent. What, me? Me? much easier to ask God to forgive us and leave well enough alone. God does his part as his word declares and we sort of do ours. That's, that's, that's forgiveness. We move on with the intention of never committing that sin again. Sometimes we're successful, sometimes we fall. However, if we do fall, we know God will forgive us as he does. Isn't he brilliant? Every time we fall, don't you love him? He forgives us. You blow it, okay, we'll go back. 1 John 1 9 says he's quick to forgive. Repentance, on the other hand, here's the guts of the message right now. You ready for it? 
I'm not talking about forgiveness now. I'm going to the other message. Remember that, that scripture said, Daniel, and preach forgiveness and repentance. Or was it repentance and forgiveness? Let's drop the bomb right now. Let's help some people out right now. Repentance, on the other hand, is an act of our will. The burden of repentance does not rest on God's shoulders, but ours. The word repent means, and I didn't know I was going to preach this, but I spoke this to you the other, the other night. God's amazing, isn't he? I'm, I'm just... The word repent means to change your mind. The prefix re implies that we are doing something again or establishing once again a reality that does exist, that should exist, that can exist again. 